episode seven. Welcome to another episode of Streets and Scholars. This is Alex Alonso. I'm here with FG, a.k.a. Frank Thornton. How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, bro. How you holding up? Oh, man, everything's great, man. There's been so much stuff going on in the news. Oh, in the yeah, no doubt. It's, it's cracking out there. It's been a, a, a packed news day. <laughs> but when you say it's cracking, man, these streets is also cracking yeah, right now, too. Yeah, They running wild, man. Yeah, they are running wild, but... um. Let me go through a quick fact check from uh, last week and actually the week before. Remember we were talking about um, if, if Jussie Shmuley can make a comeback? I think you said mm, probably not, huh? And we talked about um, the actor, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He was able to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned a sister that was not able to make a comeback um, that was in the movie Love Jones. You ever seen the, the movie Love yeah, Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the curly-head chick um, that was the friend of of Nia Long. Her her name was actually Lisa Nicole Carson. In 2000, she went crazy. Mm-hmm. And and she's never been the same since. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, she she was in movies and TV shows right, right, right. in I the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cute little curly head sister. Mm-hmm. She had a mental illness binge and, and never came back. So that's an example of somebody that it, it could happen to us. Oh, no doubt. It, it, it can, definitely. But... um. You know, different circumstances, different situations. So, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still rooting for Jesse Schmuley to, to make a comeback, but uh, I just don't like the fact that, you know, this dude is a, is a serial liar, you know, and it's so blatantly obvious that he's a liar. You know what I'm saying? No, no doubt, but he do have people backing him, you know. So um, somebody out there give him a chance. I don't know if he'll get back to be, you know, to the status that he was, but I'm sure somebody will give him a chance and another opportunity, you know. They – um. You know, you know, people are for redemption. You know, try to help you out. And then um, also, we we mentioned um, in last episode six about the the no the no bail situation, and you said it didn't really go through. And I think it's still pending. So I would invite everybody to look up SB two sixty two. That's the California state bill that's supposed to revamp. Bail in the California. Bail system, yeah. And I, I actually, so it was. It's very confusing to read. I didn't have enough time. Maybe next week I'll go through through SB two sixty two. But that's the uh, the no bail situation. And, and what's your whole overall take on it? Do you think uh, sometimes bail is just too much? No, I'm definitely hoping that don't go through. You know, because the situation that they want to grow, go through is for you to see a, a judge before you can be granted bail. No, man, I believe that you should be able to bond out soon as you, because you, you you're accused at this moment. You're not convicted. Let me pay my bill, set your bill to what you're going to say to that, and, you know, and let me, um, you know, get out, speak to my attorneys publicly, you know, privately, and, you know, fight my case, you know. But I thought in some instances they were going to have either very low bail or no bail on some offenses. Well, on that end of it, those are for low-level offenses. So, I mean, if it's a low-level offense, then, of course, I mean, I'm not, you know, too hard on that. But when it comes to, you know... Even with attempted murder, you should at least have a bail. It may be high, but you should at least have one, you know. If I'm not convicted yet, let me bail out, fight my case until I am, you know. Yeah, most definitely. I remember I got arrested for a gun once, a, a gun that was not registered to me, and my bail was $1,000. It wasn't mm-hmm. really a whole lot. But I see dudes getting arrested for guns and being right out the next day without even paying bail. Like, they just let them out. I don't know if that has something to do with, the, for one, their background. You know, maybe they don't have a serious background. And for two, I mean, you know, California um, jail system is just overcrowded, just period. So I do know a lot of people that's um, getting right out based on, you know, um, overcrowdedness. So that, that could play a factor. 
Yeah, I had a thousand dollars on on a gun case, and uh, I just paid the whole thousand. I didn't even do the. Right, I do the bail bonds. I didn't yeah, even do the ten yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. I just paid the whole thousand. Got out and check it out. When I got to court, they dismissed the whole thing because of an illegal search and seizure. Well, I've had a couple illegal searches and seizure. Um, I've won a couple searches, illegal searches and seizures, and I was a convicted felon. So I believe in the system does work if you know you or your attorney present the case appropriately. And and you have to not give them permission to search your car. No doubt, no doubt. You know, they might still search it. If you say if they if they ask you, hey, can I search your car? And you say yes, then you're done. Then you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Torrance tried to catch me up like that. They said that I uh, consented to them searching my car, and uh, Frank DiGiacomo got on them heavy, you know, because I had just <laughs> we just fought Linwood and Compton twice for illegal searches and seizures. So, you know, he hit him with, why would my client knowingly, you know what I mean? This dude knows, you know. And uh, the strategy that Frank had, man, that I didn't I didn't um, try to play like I didn't know it was in there. It was a gun case, you know. I admitted to it was mine, you know, but you illegally searched my vehicle. And we caught him lying a little bit, you know, some, which sometimes you do. I actually had to do the same thing because I was in the car with three other dudes, mm -hmm. and the LAPD dude said, whose gun is this? If if you, if nobody claims this gun, everybody's going to jail. Mm -hmm. So I immediately said, "Hey, it's mine. Let let everybody go." So they yeah. let them go, um, but I never consented to the search. Right, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. And on one of those instances, I had a buddy with me, and what it, um, he said, "Well, if you say it's yours, you know, I let your buddy go." I told him, "What I'm saying is, if whatever you find in that car, I'm taking responsibility for." I, you know, that's, that's how I worded that, you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not consenting to whatever you find. <laughs> yeah, whatever you yeah. find, put it on me, but I'm not yeah. consenting to it. Yeah, but I was actually surprised because I was just young. I was surprised. I went to court. I'm like, everybody telling me, oh, you're going to get six months in the county. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a year. And I came back. I was like, all y'all was wrong. Yeah. I got a case dismissed because of illegal search and seizure. And um, I got my whole $1,000 back. I even tried to get the gun back, but I couldn't mm -hmm. get the gun back. Right, right, right. But um, that's before I was able to be a registered gun owner. Um, I don't promote buying guns off the streets like I did back then. Um, if you if you are eligible to buy a gun, go ahead and buy a gun. Um, you know what's crazy? There's not one gun shop in the city of L.A. You know what? I didn't notice that till you just said something, because I don't remember seeing it. There's not one. The city of L.A. does not allow any businesses to sell guns. How long ago was that, though? It's been like that for a minute. There used to be a gun shop in downtown L.A. They got rid of that mm -hmm. place, and there was another one in Hollywood. Yeah. So the closest gun store right now is in Culver City. Oh, wow. They, they got one on Washington, big, a nice one in Culver City. Or you can go out to the um, Santa Clarita or up in the high desert. There's a hundred gun shops right, right, up there. Right, 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 right. But the city of L.A. does not have a gun shop. Man, that's that's crazy. Because that... the city does not want to promote buying guns, even legally. No, I got you, but there's plenty around here. Yeah, you just got to go outside of L.A. Yeah, um, yeah. Just like with fireworks. You can't buy any fireworks in L.A., but you can go to Inglewood, go to Gardena, right, right, Compton, right, 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 which right. makes no sense, right? Well, I mean, you know the city can only account for what they can account for. So, you know, they're trying to, you know, um, push the measures to where they say they can, you know, they're trying to make it better for their city. So I, I get it, you know. Yeah, but we're just going to go buy, right, go no, buy no doubt. fireworks in Inglewood yeah, and bring it no right doubt. back to the block. Yeah, bring it right back to the block. All right, and um, one more um, thing. Remember I mentioned last week, we were talking about uh, that crazy right winger um, that went to trial. I think his name was Refit. Oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. It Refit? Yep, yep, it was. Um, and then I mentioned the Black Panthers. Mm -hmm. 1967. 30 Black Panthers protested on the steps of the California State House armed with 357s, 
12 gauge shotguns, 45 caliber pistols. Mm -hmm. And it was all legal at the time. It was legal at the time, yeah. And they even went into the building. No doubt, but they still, you know, condemned them, you know. Made it seem like they were, you know, it was an act of terrorism, you know, but, but it was all legal at the time. And they yelled, it is time for the black man to arm himself. And everybody was spooked when man. they did that. They, everyone thought that they should go to prison. And everyone was like, oh, no, it's, it's legal. It's legal. They didn't do any, there was no crime committed. No doubt. And, but then they changed. You try to do that now. Oh, no, she <laughs> Try to go to Sacramento <laughs> with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Your ass going to be laying out in front of the Capitol. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, man, let's get into some of our topics here, man. We got a few of them. But the first thing I wanted to talk about is another smash and grab robbery in Beverly Hills. I know you saw that crazy video. Oh, that was wild, man. I was checking that out. And, I, I you know, when I scrolled past and saw it, I mean, I just stopped and looked and was like, wow, they, they was getting it. Guess how much... Money worth of jewelry, according to the owner, mm -hmm. that they stole. What they say? Five million dollars worth. Damn. Now, what what can you do with five million dollars worth of jewelry? There's no way you can no, sell that. No doubt, it's definitely gonna be hard to to, to to pawn or hawk or you know get fence or get rid of. But at the same time, believe me, they will do it. Now, what I thought was so crazy about it is that they did it in Beverly Hills in broad daylight under cameras on every corner. They got pictures of the getaway car. Right. They got pictures of the other car they got into. Right. Of course, their faces were covered. Yeah. But I'm saying to myself, it's just a matter of time before they figure out who y'all are. No doubt, because they got now they got the system where they'll follow that car, you know, for miles and miles and miles via cameras, you know, and it may even take them a month to do it, but they'll get it done, you know, and uh, just hopefully that second car they got into, <laughs> they, you know, maybe that one didn't have, you know, registered place to somebody they know or something like that, but... You're saying hopefully, I know who you're rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I said the same thing when I said that, I said, obviously who I'm rooting for, but... Um, um, not that I'm for, you know, robberies and smash and grabs, but it's just crazy how I'm seeing this in modern day time. This look like some, 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 some savage stuff from back in the day. You know what I mean? It's modern day 2022, and they walked up in there. Now the thing about it is, though, they didn't use a gun. So when they get caught, if they get caught, that takes a lot less time off of it. They didn't hold nobody hostage. They didn't threaten nobody. So yep. I'm itching to see. You know, how this plays out based on none of those factors are involved. Can they get charged with, they use the sledgehammer mm -hmm. and axes. Right. Those can be considered weapons though, right? Yeah, but you didn't use a weapon to detain nobody. You didn't basically kidnap nobody. You didn't hold nobody against their will. To me, it just seems like a theft. Yeah, simple theft. I mean, seem like it, you know, but that don't mean they won't rack up the charges somehow, you know. And it seems like um, this would definitely go federal uh, because of the value of the jewelry, because the jewelry is all insured, and you know the FBI is probably going to move in and, and, and help investigate. Oh, no doubt. I think they'll take the case over, because yeah. like you say, the insurance companies may push forward. Um, Beverly Hills is probably going to push forward, you know, because these incidents are happening more and more often in the prestige city of Beverly Hills. And um, these people pay too many millions of dollars to live there and for things to, like this to happen, you know, in their eyes, you know. They must be spooked because of all this, the drama that's popping up in Beverly Hills. I mean, they got to be. And like I say, believe me, they at the city hall meetings with, 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 with uh, I mean, under fire, got the city hall under fire about getting a hand on this, but at the same time, how can you get a hand on something you not you don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen? Yeah, there's really nothing you can do about that. If someone right. is that bold enough to come with sledgehammers and axes and bust in the window, hey, that you're going to have to eat that. 
right? Yeah, but that was a that was a greedy move right there. I mean, you know, they 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 wanted that bad. They went and got that. They did that. I'm like, damn. Now, my question is, it was five of them dudes. Mm-hmm. I always noticed, especially with all the cases that I work on, the more people involved in an offense, mm-hmm. the the more likely this one of these persons is going to tell if they get caught. No doubt. But let me let me be clear on one thing. Sometimes it's not the people involved in the in the actual heist that um, tells. It's the baby mama. It's the <laughs> homie that y'all told y'all was going to do this. It's somebody else that y'all told. One homie was supposed to go and he didn't make it, so y'all left him. You know what I mean? These are some of the factors. It's not always the, the, the crime. Even though you're right, if they get caught, somebody, you know, that's too many people to have to trust, but it's usually somebody else. Baby mama didn't got mad you didn't come home last night. You know what I mean? And, and, or she told her friend and they got into an argument. I mean, you'd be surprised how people get to the bottom of some of these cases, man, when it comes to somebody informing on them. Also, the drama can be created about how they defi- decide to divide up this millions of dollars of jewelry. No doubt, because somebody <laughs> gonna say, man, you did, you didn't even have a sledgehammer, or you you ran, you you know, you took all you didn't, or you know, I grabbed this, I, I'm keeping what I grabbed. You know what I mean? You know, it could be that type of situation. And anytime you got those number of um, um, criminals on one case, you know, it always get ugly with that. Now I watched this video uh, several times, and I noticed there was one dude that got pushed by the mm-hmm. uh, the businessman. Yeah, and then when he was running off, he dropped a bunch of watches yeah, too. Yeah, and, and I think he, the guy said he dropped like three watches that was worth like sixty thousand. Damn. Um, <laughs> I think it's embarrassing to be the dude that you dropped almost $100,000 worth of jewelry, and when they get back to the spot, they're probably going to say, all right, you 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 messed up your opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're taking these from you. We're keeping this. We're dividing it like that. And then where do you put all of this stuff? Because you have to assume, this is the way I'm thinking, you have to assume, all five of these people have to assume the police is going to be knocking on your door in the next few days. So you cannot have any of this jewelry in any of your homes. Well, you know, greed and hunger, you know, not saying that these guys were broke or didn't have it. They could have just been bold and, you know, out for more money. But a lot of times, you know, when you're back up against the wall and you hunger for money, you know, when this kind of situation, they should sit on that jury for a while, plan it out how they're going to get rid of it, whether take it to another state or something like that. But the greedy one who said, I need money right now today. I got to eat today. I need to feed my baby this week. You know, um, they're the ones that go try to pawn it. And most of the time, a lot of these jury people have connections with each other. You know what I mean? They could have sent out some kind of mass picture to the, all the jewelers. Hey, man, this, this this come through. You know, give us a call. You know, call the law enforcement. So they got to be careful how they even get rid of it. And I would think that all the pawn shops are obligated to the police when stolen when they know stolen merchandise is coming in. Like, they got to call and report it and say, hey, we got this dude down here with a uh, $100,000 watch. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. that. I, I think that depends on the integrity of the pawn shop. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, everybody about making money. So <laughs> if they can see that this dude really don't know what he has or he really accept this much and I know I can get this much, I mean, I think that the, the, um, lies on the integrity of the uh, pawn shop or company that they fence it to. Now, you mentioned at a state. That seems to be the smartest thing to do is sit on this, go across the country, and find buyers. 
No doubt, no doubt. I mean, you know, if they organized guys, you know what I mean, which they planned with sledgehammer. So I think they took the gun stuff and the factors. I think they took the not having any hostages in the, in, in, uh, into account. I think they kind of planned all that out. So I, I don't think they that dumb or nothing. So they may go somewhere and say, hey, look, we just going to put all this up. We going to go do some other stuff. By the time we finish our other stuff, this will be ready to go. You know, and some time ha has passed. Yeah, and you take it to another state, get on a plane with it, and you know, line it up, you know. Now, they also found some of the tools, or they left some of the tools behind. I don't know if it was a sledgehammer or an axe. Mm -hmm. You know how some of these cops are. They'd be like, we're going to track this, yeah, this, this tool to a store. This, yeah. Yeah. Only Ace Hardware sell this to axe, yeah. you know what I mean? Get the but cameras yeah. of the day that was sold. Uh, no doubt. They'll do a front. On this case, they're going to do a thorough investigation. Okay, so in your opinion, what is the likelihood that these five brothers, I don't know if they're brothers or Latino or mm -hmm. white because we don't, I didn't see their faces, but these five people, what is the likelihood that they're all going to get busted? Um, I don't think they all will. Um, hopefully the guy or hopefully for him, you know, <laughs> that uh, whoever dropped that axe or whoever left some evidence, hopefully didn't nobody get cut on that glass and didn't leave a drop of blood. I mean, there's so many factors on how they, how they can get caught, but at the same time, if you know the rules. If you're in the gang, when I say gang, not that they're gang members, just a gang, a certain five or more people doing a crime, hey, man, you get caught, you got to, you you know, you pose a hole in it. I think all five of them are going to get popped. Yeah. <laughs> just because of technology. It, it, was, it was so blatant. It was so out in the open. And there's so many cameras watching their every move. Even the cameras... Before they got there, they're going to go back and look at right, the, right, the, the right. arrival cameras. All that, yeah. And then maybe they're going to say, hey, these guys probably staked out this place a week before, two weeks before. We're going to go back and look mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. when they just walked in, like mm -hmm. two weeks before when their faces are shown. No, no doubt. So I, I think the likelihood of these dudes getting busted is high, but we'll see. Um, I give it about a month. If the feds are on this, I give it about a month uh, before the FBI starts identifying suspects. In this case, um, not that I want them to get, to get caught or get away with it. I'm neutral on this, but um, boys and girls, um, do not go to jewelry stores with sledgehammers and axes and think that you're going to get away with it. Damn. Because um, you're going you're gonna to end up in the penitentiary. And even though a gun was not used in this case, they would end up in an FCI or USP if they got busted. Right? I don't know, nah, because I think it's going to be a low-level um, theft. Even though it's $5 million worth of jewelry? Right. Well, don't get me wrong. I have a chart at home, and um, I wish I, I meant to bring it. I set it on the table to bring it, and it tells you which offense level you are at each dollar amount. So that the more uh, uh, money that it is, it will push their offense level down, which creates more time. But it's still going to you know, revolve around. Um, I, these dudes can end up at a low. These I, I don't think they're going to get more than... Five, six years, you know what I mean? Well, it was smart that they didn't... If, they, if someone was to be convicted. And, and it's smart that they didn't use a weapon. They didn't use a gun. Um, so, we'll see. I give it about a month, and we will update you guys on any developments in this Beverly Hills smash-and-grab robbery. Man, it just seems like this is the thing to do now. Yeah, man, it's getting crazy because it's happening everywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm looking every time I look on uh, YouTube or watch the news, I'm seeing this happen more and more. I'm just wondering what can they do to get a hold of it, but I don't know if they can. You know what makes it so easy to do is because you could walk down the street with your mask on, right. some sunglasses, a hoodie on. Because of COVID, mm -hmm. it looks normal. Right, no doubt. And you could walk for blocks and, and your face is not even identified. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why it makes these, these uh, fences so... I guess, attractive to do because you could wear a mask. 
But um, let, let's get on to this next topic, man. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with these um, deputy gangs, being that, you know, Compton Linwood is the heart of some of these sheriff gangs. I know for decades the um, the Vikings was a L.A. County sheriff deputy gang right out of Linwood. Oh, no doubt. I remember when I was a kid hearing about it at first, and then firsthand watching deputies come up and the big homies say, man, they part of the Vikings, you know what I mean? I always wonder kind of how they knew, but they were already going to jail at the time, you know what I mean? So um, at first I, I kind of didn't believe, and then I really realized that it's really – you know, the more and more people got to talking about it, it was just like a regular thing. Now, us growing up in the Linwood Compton area, it was regular. Now, this has been a, a topic in the news for the last several years of deputy gangs being active within the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. But a recent investigation by the Los Angeles County Civil Oversight Commission was able to identify 41 deputies that are in, I guess you could say, um, documented that's the way they say it for the streets mm -hmm. documented gang members like in documented gangs like mm -hmm. these dudes are no doubt part of a different gang within the deputies within the sheriff's deputy department and i guess um it's an issue to have these cops being in gangs and and coming together because they become more aggressive when they're on the streets. No doubt, but they also bend the law and they watch each other's back as far as, you know, covering up shit too. You know what I mean? See, one thing I'm not going to do is, is I'm, ne I'm never going to, you know, um, parade uh, crooked and, 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 and dishonest cops. You know, and growing up where I grew up, I've dealt with the sheriff since I was in the fourth grade. You know, not personally myself, but in our neighborhood, it was always sheriffs. You know what I mean? Lynn was sheriffs. So um, these guys were... Man, they were, they was rough and rugged, and they had each other back. They'll lie for each other. They'll steal for each other. They'll do all that for each other, but the average public don't see this. you know. So, of course, they champion the local police departments and stuff like that, but they don't know some of these dudes is as crooked and wicked as the guys on the street. No doubt. Um, these police gangs have existed for about 50 years in L.A. County, and we talked about Lee Baca and Paul Tanaka before, I don't know if Lee, Lee Baca was a member, but absolutely Paul Tanaka is a member of the Vikings from back in his deputy days. His deputy days, no doubt. Yeah. You know, and that, 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 it's an allegiance that they still have. You know, so when somebody come in his office or some come across his desk about one of his boys that's a Viking, best believe is like a, a, a fraternity member going to get a job and they, they fraternity is, is doing the hiring, they're going to, you know, look out for their people. You know, and it's the same way in these... Uh, Sheriff gangs, because that's what they are. They they gangs, man. It ain't no allegiance. It ain't no. Um, it's a gang, you know. And when we learn that at a young age, when they pull up on us, roughing us up, throwing you on the car, hitting you in the ribs with the billy club, it was almost like it was just you don't go home and tell your mother. You know what I mean? You know. And and and, and they've been doing that for a very very long time, getting away with it. Yeah, these deputy gangs are so aggressive that I actually had a case last year, a civil case where. A police officer mm -hmm. that wasn't part of the gang was suing the department because they beat him up on some, you know, uh, private stuff. Something that happened privately mm -hmm. in the locker room. Um, he alleged that the the gang within the police department or the sheriff's department end up assaulting him and treating him a different kind of way because he wasn't a member of their clique. Right. So he's filing a, a multi million dollar lawsuit. And according to this report, it says that these deputy gangs have fostered and promoted excessive force against citizens, discriminated against other deputies based on race and gender, and undermined the chain of command and discipline. So 
this is obviously a problem within the department and any department should, if they care about the citizenry, should do everything within their power to get rid of these gangs. Well, the thing about it, they can't get rid of them because for one, it's a, it's a, it's a nice number of them. They need more deputies as it is now, you know, so... And these guys take their case with, boss, we're trying to do what we need to do against these hardcore criminals. You can't take crime soft, you know. So I'm sure they go in there with that saying, look, I need my guys out there to do what they're doing, to do the rocking and rolling. Yeah, it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it because these criminals is even dirtier. So I can see that argument, you know, being being uh, given to who, you know, the higher-ups and the higher-ups saying, okay, y'all just be careful, you know, be, you know, try to, you know, so they know what's going on, but they may put it into the uh, situation where this, we need these guys out here because these are the guys who really going out here and get the real criminals. Well, for years, the, the sheriff has denied the existence of them or denied that they're currently a problem, but now they've identified 41 deputies and uh, the sheriff, Alex Villanueva, uh, he's got to he's got to deal with this situation. Um, so I don't know what they're gonna do, but these 41 deputies, in my view of it, they need to be looked at closely. All of their arrests, previous arrests, and their cases need to be examined. And any re previous reports of excessive force that are connected to these 41 deputies should be looked at more, more closely. What do you think about that? What I think about you know you have a, a great point there, but at the same time. It may fall in their lap because while we were talking about the five guys, well, one of them rolled, you're talking about 41 guys now. And regardless of what honor they took or what code they took, everybody don't stick to the script. You know what I mean? Some of these dudes are probably in the gang, so they won't be an outsider. You know what I mean? So I don't know at the end of the day if the feds get to bringing down some, a heavy hand on them, who going to roll for a better deal? You know what I mean? So that's always a, a situation there where they really the information can come out by one of their own. Well, I think the uh, federal, the FBI and the federal government need to get involved because that's the only time where these local law enforcement departments ever are held accountable. Oh, no doubt. Right now we we have um, Lee Baca, Paul Tanaka, we mentioned before, and about 18 other deputies sitting in the federal, probably a camp, sitting in the federal yeah, yeah, camp yeah. right now because of the FBI coming in on that Anthony Brown case mm -hmm, with the cell phone. Exactly. So um, of these 41 deputies, 11 of them are a member of the Banditos. Mm-hmm. And 30 are a member of a gang called the Executioners. I mean, just that name in itself tell you what they're doing. They rocking and rolling, kicking ass. They, you know, but they also taking up for each other. And and, and, and we could laugh about it when we talk about some, you know, them roughing up some gang members with a billy club or something like that. But when you get to talking about shootings, you know, unjustified homicides, you know, and stuff like that, then this stuff can get real serious, Alex. You know what I mean? And they running around, you know, um, causing more harm in the community. And these are the guys who they probably start shit just to make sure that they job security. You'd be surprised at some of the stuff to go on with some of these cops, man. Well, I just before we move on to the next up, I just want to mention that there was this deputy many, many years ago in Linwood. I believe his last name was Blair. He got shot and killed by a young crowd member and... Blair, turns out, was a member, uh, I believe he was a member of the Vikings, mm -hmm. but the case that um, connected to Blair that caused the dude to end up on death row, his name is Freddie Fuiva from Young Crowd. He's sitting on death row now for killing Officer Blair. I invite anyone to look at that case much closely. All of the case files are on the internet. Everything's online because he's sitting on death row. 
But if you look at that real closely, you, you, you'll find out and you'll see that Deputy Blair was the aggressor. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> he I, was I, the I aggressor. I into that. I read, I read that. And from what, you know, my, um, my conclusion came to, you know, that he may have been the aggressor. And, um, you know, this happened not too far from, probably right around the corner from where you was living at the time. No doubt. I actually remember when it happened. Oh, okay. It wasn't far at all, yeah. So, um, you know, these deputies do pose a problem. They are more aggressive. And unfortunately, his aggression caused him to lose his life that day because he didn't realize the dude that he was being aggressive with was not, w w would not hesitate. No to, doubt. To, to use his weapon. If he felt like you were going to kill him, he was going to kill you. And that's exactly what happened. Freddie Fuiva ended up shooting and killing Deputy Blair. And um, it, it is just a crazy, interesting case because it is tied into these deputy gangs. And this happened in, like, I believe the 90s. Yeah, that was in the mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. Nin 96. That okay. happened in 96. Okay. So, I mean, and th these deputy gangs actually go back to the 70s. I believe the first one was in East L.A. So... Um, they do pose a problem, and something has to be done about it. And I think the only way to really solve the problem is for the FBI to get involved and to, to clean up some of these departments. Well, just before we get off that topic, I, I mean, you know, this is called, you know, usually stuff don't come to light until, you know, it's called kind of red-handed or somebody bring it to light. But I really think even on a smaller scale that some of this stuff goes on through a lot of police departments across the nation. You know, this is not just a sheriff's department. This is not just a California issue. This is not just a LA issue. I really believe that this goes on across the spectrum of, of the United States and they just haven't been able to shed light on it. Yeah, I, I don't believe the LA County Sheriff's Department is the only department to have gangs, but you know, since they're the biggest, largest sheriff department in the country, right, right. they got more eyes and, and people looking at, at them. So. Um, let let them be the example of what's going to happen, and I I, for, I foresee that some of these deputies are going to get charged, indicted. Um, I foresaw it before when the Anthony Brown thing. I actually shot a video about about um these deputies that were going to prison. What's crazy is when Lee Baca and Paul Tanaka went to prison along with eighteen other deputies. It just seemed like it didn't. It wasn't a big deal in the media, but we never see number one and number two of a police department going no, to no, prison. I, that should have been bigger than what it was. I, I mean, believe that was huge. I believe that Tanaka and Baca plus the 18 other deputies going to prison was bigger than the Rampart case. No doubt. I, I believe so too. And the, the number of years, everyone got like five years, four years, yeah. five years. Um, the, the years that they got in prison was totaled more and the, the they were higher ranking. There was also a lieutenant involved in that, but hey, in today's age, there's just so much news that, you know, the next day you kind of forget about what happened yesterday. But not to get off topic real fast, when those guys went to prison, though, I mean, yeah, they may have landed in the camp and people don't really do nothing there. But it seemed like they should have got their ass beat, though, when they got there. You know, all the oppression they was doing, you know, in the streets, you know what I mean? This is when the table should have got turned, you know. But they, right, you say they might have never been around the some, some real G's or dudes that were trying to come home or something like that. But if they showed and landed in a FCI or a USP, man, I think they would have got handled. Well, these guys usually go to what they call like these, uh, what do they call the, the, the country night, club? Yeah, the country club <laughs> prisons. I heard some of these prisons, I guess these lows, some of them have golf courses. Yeah, yeah, they got some shit out there for them, man. Yeah, but, so. but my point is, you know, it's like, you know, we, we, we being oppressed out here on these streets by these cops all these 
years and then you run into him in jail and people don't do nothing to him. I mean, you know, we gonna go, we gotta go. Not 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 saying that, that it, that's the way to do it, you know what I mean? And not enticing or promoting, but if you a gangster and you was out here getting oppressed and you oppressing, you know, and you gang banging against other people, cribs, bloods, you know, essays or whatever, they shouldn't be no different, you know what I mean? Hey, I agree 100%. Um... But I don't think they'll ever allow yeah those guys in the same uh, yeah a, a police officer to walk the main line right I no, don't think you got it, a point it's probably some that did it on the low you know what I mean well I heard that um, if you're in a low like uh, Reggie Wright he was a former cop when he mm -hmm. went to to he went to a camp yeah so I guess camp is a little different no it's a lot different you know yeah. plus when you got the privilege down there at the low end camp. I mean, especially if you got some more time to do, you really want to do your time as comfortable as possible. That's just the nature of, I mean, just anything. You want to be as comfortable as possible. So when you get down there, a lot of dudes don't jeopardize the stuff that they jeopardize at other places, you know. Yeah, I don't think that if you're at a camp as a former police officer, anything's going to happen to you. No, nah, no doubt, no doubt. But, I, I agree with you. But definitely if you're on a uh, USP, I don't think... Uh, the, yeah, they probably never even get there. But yeah. you know what? There was a former FBI agent that ended up going to prison for murder. Mm -hmm. um, he had to have gone to a, to a USP or FCI, It was right? federal? Yeah, it was federal, yeah. too. Um, yeah, he because he probably had a life sentence, so... His name was uh, Robert Conley. Oh, okay. And um, he went to prison. He was an FBI agent that was helping Whitey Bulger in, in, oh, yeah, in yeah. Boston. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wonder if he was able to go on a main line. Okay, so if you if your offense is at a, uh, a high mm -hmm. for USP or FCI and you are a former cop, is there protective areas at those USPs? Hell no. <laughs> if somebody wants you, they gonna get you. I mean, just straight up, you know. And then you gotta think about, it, especially the dudes at the USP. These dudes got life sentences, man. Most of. Them. You know, so they don't care about stabbing. What, you going to give them some more life? I mean, you know what I mean? You know, uh, you know. so I, I, they wouldn't even put them there, man. They wouldn't even send them there. They know hands down, once that's found out, somebody going to gut their ass out. Yeah, um, Robert Conley was, was sentenced to, like, something ridiculous uh, back in 2000, and they let him out in 2021. They let him out last year because of, have you, have you ever heard of this, a medical release. Because he has a terminal cancer, yeah, he's gonna die soon. So they let him out. Yeah. Why? Why would they let this dude out who was connected to murders? Um, a lot of times it's basically money. It's costing them too much to take care of this guy and and, and facilitate him. So a lot of times, you know, when they know for sure that, um, you know, uh, this guy may not make it, they they I, I've have heard of that. Okay, yeah, he's connected to Whitey Bulger. Uh, Whitey Bulger actually got killed in prison a, a couple years back. A couple back. years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, he got stabbed. He was up. on a run, though, for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. He, and they found him out here. Yeah, they found him out <laughs> here. They yeah, actually yeah. found him in Santa Monica in an apartment, and they ripped the walls out of his apartment. It was 800,000 cash man. in the walls. He, he, man. But, you know, he was a cold informant. Yeah. And that's how he got stabbed in prison. And he was actually helping Robert Conley. That's why Robert Conley, the FBI agent, ended up going to prison. Mm. But he was just released in February, February 17th of 2021 um, because of health factors. So, yeah, I'd be interested to know how many law enforcement people have walked the main line at an FCI or USP. Um, but uh, I guess he would have had to be... Yeah. There with everybody. No doubt, for real. But because he was sort of a gangster cop, would he get a little bit of respect on the yard, though? Well, you know, a lot of times when you come in, listen, if you're not a gang member, who's to check your paperwork? You know what I mean? It, probably somebody from your own race or something like that. So 
I mean, don't get me wrong. None of this is airtight. You know what I mean? So you can get away with certain stuff and certain areas of the country. And you know what I mean? You know, it happens, Alice. It really do happen. Sometimes it'd be years before somebody find out somebody not right. You know what I mean? So it's possible. Okay. Now, uh, let's move on to this next topic. This, this next topic is really something that's been going on since COVID really popped off in March or April of 2020, is that a lot of people are applying for this PPP money. Mm-hmm. And the government, they're not screening the applicants, and they're issuing pretty much anybody who applied, anyone who submitted the correct quote-unquote paperwork, mm-hmm. you got your money. And they were the government was giving people millions of dollars. Right. And all you had to do was just say, like, for example, there's just recently this guy was found guilty in trial of stealing $27 million. Oh, that's a lot. And what he did was he said he had 27 different companies mm-hmm. and he basically got a million dollars for each company. Right. And he said 100 people worked for yeah, each of these companies. Yeah, I was going to say companies. he must have said that he had companies with at least 100 people because I think with at least 100 people, you guarantee the payroll of something like 400000 a month or something. And uh, and he was cleaning up. Yeah, but you know, to, to do what he did... It is a lot of work though, because no, you gotta go. You gotta be in Photoshop. You yeah, gotta that's fabricate. That's a lot of money though. Yeah, yeah that might have been worth it, but they gonna tear his ass up. Look, I was trying to apply for some PPP money, and mm-hmm. just to do it the legit way, it was just so many hoops to jump through. I gave up on it. Right. I didn't even apply for any. I think I was entitled to like five or ten thousand dollars, but this guy did all of the paperwork and ended up getting twenty-seven million dollars. He took it to trial. <laughs> And he lost. He went to trial. He went to trial, and oh, um, he's looking at thirty years in prison. And they may give it to him. Sure. Now, now here's my thing. This is a fraud case. Yeah. How many people that are found guilty of fraud end up um, at these USPs and FCIs? A lot, quite a bit, because of the amount of money. The amount that of they, money. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, for him, it'd be the amount of money. Um, I know a cat that came to the FCI. His, him, and his mom, them had did the uh, FEMA. Um, scam and uh, what they did was they gave him six months probation but he violated the probation and he came to the FCI but of course he had been in state prison before but I, I knew some other guys some white collar guys did some big uh, Ponzi scheme um, situations and I mean they had never had a criminal history ever but the amount of money it was because millions was involved they ended up at the FCI and they did good well, this guy that just um, that stole $27 million, his name is Robert Ben Levy. He's of Encino, Los Angeles, and he is 53 years old. And one of the ways they catch these people is by the purchases they make. Right. Now, there was another guy that I remember a couple months ago. He got like $5, 6000000 million. I think we're talking about the same. I think I know about the guy you He bought a Ferrari. Right, right, right. right. I heard a about Lamborghini, that guy. Lamborghini. And another shit. third. He bought yeah, three cars. Yeah. Each of the three cars was worth like 300000 yeah, each. Yeah. And um, I mean, I don't understand how do these people think they're really going to get away with this. Well, I mean, shit, I'm wondering why do you need a Ferrari and a Lamborghini? You know what I mean? You know, and... Um, I mean, if you got the money for it, why not, right? Especially nah, if it's not your money. <laughs> I, I got you, but at the same time, I, it's still overkill, especially when you got it fraudulent. And you have to understand one thing about getting money fraudulent, because I've gotten money fraudulent, you still have to be mindful of, of what you're doing. You know, the purchases you make, you know, the income taxes that you filed previous years before that. You know, sometimes these people go into a certain amount of backgrounds and, you know, just to see how you can afford this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that guy right there, man, he he was he went overkill on the cars. But but uh, 
Yes, a lot of fraud going on out there. Believe it. I'm, go ahead. I'm wondering what the deal was for this guy, though. This guy, uh, Ben Levy. What? I'm wondering what his deal was. Oh, what you think he was offered a deal? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they, you know, they hate to go to trial. They don't like to go to trial. They spend a lot of money up to upward to a half a million dollars going to trial. So they always trying to force a deal on you. And the, most of the time, they know they got you anyway. So basically, you're saying he turned down a deal. I'm thinking he turned down and, a deal. and said, "Let's yeah, take it." No doubt. Let's go to trial. Yeah. So. That's where they're going to bust him upside the head even more because you made us spend all this money and you knew you was guilty. And I uh, came here wasting our time, wasting our money, you know. Well, the guy that got the, the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris, he got $5 million in PPP money, not as much as uh, Ben Levy did. And he, he did not take it to trial. He pled, <laughs> he pled guilty for the $5 million that he took. Mm-hmm. And his name, uh, his name is uh, Mustafa Kadiri. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. And I'm trying to figure out. He's 38 years old out of Irvine right here in Orange County. And I'm not sure if he's been sentenced yet, but um, he took a deal. Mm-hmm. He did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, you know you're guilty, man. You know. Yeah. Um, it says here that a federal agent seized a Ferrari, a Bentley, and a Lamborghini that Kadari bought with the PPP money. Plus another two million that was in his account. Damn. So it's just crazy how many people are applying. Not only how many people are fraudulently applying for this money. I was reading that ten percent of the applicants are fraud, mm-hmm. and that ten percent comes out to like fifty or sixty billion with a B. And I'm just shocked that one that there are that many people that are willing to take the chance with the federal government. Mm-hmm. But then two. The, the checks and balances do not prevent them from receiving the money. You would think it'd be hard to apply for a $27 million loan. And one one excuse was that because COVID hit so hard and so fast, they didn't have enough time to really set up a system mm-hmm. that would check every applicant. And because it was people needed money so bad, they believed that all these applicants were going to, most of them would be I mean, most of them were honest. 90% of the people who applied mm-hmm. were legit. But the 10% are people that are doing this crap. No, nah, no doubt. And um, it seemed like they would have some checks and balance, but they did. Because um, here in L.A., you know, it was a, a PPP was a big word when that was, when it was going down, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was almost a phrase, a, you know, a joke phrase, you know, anybody has some money. You got some PPP money. You know, that's how widespread it was it was known in the streets, you know, so... There was a lot of fraud going on, and maybe they j- certainly going after the big guys, like $27 million, $5 million. I mean, that's a lot of money. You know, maybe the guys who got 10, 15, 11,000 right now, they may not want to waste the money to pursue that at this moment, but uh, they're probably starting with the big wigs first. You know what? You're absolutely right. I've, I've been reading a whole lot of these cases, and none of the cases are lower than 500,000. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it seems as if they don't care about people who got. Smaller amounts. Right, right, right. Uh, I haven't read any case where they're they're charging someone that took ten thousand. Right, right, right. It's five hundred thousand. It's a million. Five million. This dude twenty seven million. So I guess the rule here is if you were gonna apply for some PPP money and you don't want to get caught, keep it under a hundred thousand. Keep it at a dub or something. <laughs> yeah, you know they might not come after yeah, you. Um, yeah. All right, so. Uh, I just thought that was crazy and interesting. That was a lot of work, man. I mean, just I'm just starting to think about how much work he had to do to apply for that many different loans, that much fraudulent paperwork. That much, I mean, you know, paperwork is involved. Hey, I'm gonna have to assume that this dude is really good at Photoshop because you have to submit fake paperwork. 
and you have to go in there and manipulate everything. Okay, yeah, I, hadn't, I haven't even seen the application, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he, he was able to create businesses, and also he created businesses that didn't even exist. Right, I know some people just like, um, you know, just uh, doctored up from their real business that they had a couple more employees, but... But this dude didn't even have a business at all. He just made clearly fake businesses. Yeah, I was. Someone was telling me to apply because oh, you already have a business. You have a, you know, you have all the paperwork for your business. Apply, and I was like, okay, this guy didn't even have a business. Right. So he he created a fake business, mm -hmm. and then of course filled out the application fraudulently on fake businesses. Hey, I, I, it's a lot of work what he did. Well, I don't think it was nothing wrong with people who did have businesses and and applied even on a smaller level. You know, I mean, I know some people that only got eighteen hundred. You know, but at the time that eighteen hundred worth of groceries, you know, helped out. You know what I mean? No doubt, no doubt. So, no, I, I would never turn down eighteen hundred dollars. You know, so I got three kids, <laughs> and one of them's in college. Right, right. All right, um, let's get to this topic that the whole world is talking about, man, and, and unfortunately we can't ignore it. Um, Chris Rock got slapped by Will Smith on live television for the world to see. Man, what did you think about that when you initially seen it? Well, I, I I saw it and immediately I thought it was real. So I had called somebody up and said, "Hey, you saw that?" And they were like, "Oh no, that was fake." Yeah, I was like, "That was fake? Nah, that couldn't have been fake. Nah, that it was, was a... fake." So that was the first thing was like yeah. figuring out was this real or was it staged? Was right, it right, right. But then I watched it again, and what made me realize it was real, I'm looking at Jada Pinkett's face. Mm -hmm. And her face was a, a face of disgust. She was disappointed. She didn't like the joke. Mm -hmm. she, she just had this look. Her body language was like a look of she like she hated Chris Rock or something. Mm -hmm. But what's crazy, Will Smith was laughing at that joke. No doubt. He damn sure was. He was laughing. Yeah. And I think he, he, he looked at his wife while he was laughing and he had to change his game. But that's the part I didn't like. You <laughs> know what I mean? Not that he changed his game or his face, but you went and did the extras after you laugh. Now, say if the joke was, was said and he immediately got up and went up there and did that, I could have respected it more, Alex. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and not that I'm condoning it. I'm just saying I know how emotions are. You know what I mean? I know it's a lot of people out here that work with emotions. So as soon as he said that joke, if his emotions was triggered, you know what I mean? See, he couldn't even get no justifiable nothing that I was in a moment of rage or I was in... No, you laughed first. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't get no sympathy... You know, and um, so from that that perspective, because I, like I said, when I first saw it, I thought it was staged and fake, you know. Oh, you thought it was fake? Yeah, yeah, because I was at work and I, I somebody sent it to me and I looked at it and I thought it was some fake shit, you know what I mean? And then when he started saying, keep my fucking wife's, when he did, the way he said, I said, oh no, that shit real. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, overall though, uh, your opinion on the, uh, uh, Chris Rock's perspective, do you think he took the right approach or... Um, being that they were at the Academy Awards, being that you know, um, you know them the white folks run that Academy, man. You may never get a job again. <laughs> you know, you do the wrong shit per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. But do you think Chris Rock took all that in, in consideration, or did he just say, you know what, I did say something about the dual wife. I'ma take that. Hey, I, I felt it was a legitimate joke. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was over the top. I didn't think it was highly offensive, and I do think that. Chris Rock, being from Brooklyn, lost some points. Mm -hmm. uh, he had every right to to defend himself. Right, right, right. He had every right to defend himself. Now, also, they saying that she suffered from something called alopecia, which I had never heard of up until now. Um, I do know she used to shave her head off 
doing other shit when you know before this was a diagnosed situation for I do know Chris Warrock has in the past I think it was 2016 he's, he was on a helmet with some hell of a jokes back then but I also know they were friends you know so um the part you saying that uh he had it was a legitimate joke I mean it was if he didn't know that she kind of suffered from some kind of you know symptoms or hair loss well let's let's be real about what alopecia is alopecia is just your hair falls out. Mm-hmm. It's, you're not. You're suffering only psychologically. Okay. You're not suffering medically. Right, right, right. You're not. You're, you're not in any danger of yeah, dying. Like I said, I never heard of it until now. Yeah, yeah, I actually had alopecia. Um, in in ninety. What year was that? July of ninety seven. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in the mirror one day, and like a big one inch square patch of hair just fell out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I realized I was losing my eyebrows. Damn. So for about two years. My hair was just falling out in just random, random places. places yeah, yeah. So I went to the doctor and they said, "Oh yeah, you have a, um, you have alopecia." Mm-hmm. And for a minute, you're like, "Man, this is I, I don't like this." Basically, your immune system is attacking your hair follicles, and it it thinks the hair follicle is an enemy. Oh, okay. So um, I understand what alopecia is. Yeah, if, and I guess it impacts women more so. I mean, I wasn't tripping. I'm like, you know, okay, my so hair it, falling out. So it didn't impact you physically or, or nothing like that? Not like at you all. You didn't have weakness? Or no, you no, no, no. It's, there's, there's three levels of alopecia, mm-hmm. uh, minor, medium, and major. Mm-hmm. So that's all it is. It's um, and, and the reason why we don't know why it happens, we can't, we, there's no cure, no one wants to stop it, is because it's not a fatal disease. Right, right, right. So you're not going to get millions and millions of dollars of research in trying to cure alopecia. Right, right, Because right. nobody gives a fuck about alopecia. <laughs> right, 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 You know, so I understand that women probably suffer more psychologically at losing their hair than us men do. I see you rock the ball head, so it ain't no big deal to think to you. Right, right, right. right. Also, although when we're young, you know, I remember when my hair started to thin out, I was like, oh, okay, my hair's thinning out. Or when I first started getting gray, oh, okay, this is... But at, at some point for me, it just I accept what it is. Right, you know? right, no doubt. There's, there's so many bigger medical problems oh, in the world to yeah. deal with than to be tripping on alopecia. So I'm, I'm, she doesn't get any sympathy points from me from having alopecia. But uh, you say Chris Rock lost points with you. Hey, man, he's Brooklyn born and bred. Uh, A motherfucker come up to you and smack (laughs) you. At least smack back. Or at least swing. Tackle the dude. dude. He turned around and walked off like he owned the place. Or jump on his back or something around his motherfucker. But but he he took the high road. And I think for a minute, I think he was a little unsure of what to do. Right, right. So I'm thinking, wait, how, how much Brooklyn are you, Chris Rock? Well, you know he Brooklyn, but at the same time he Hollywood as far as you, you know getting, getting that money. <laughs> yeah. So that money and losing it or not having the opportunity to continue making it can make us somebody you know um, think different. But he had every right though. No, 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 no doubt. But I mean, can you really imagine though? Had he ran and jumped on wheels back, and they got the tussling on stage, <laughs> it would look bad, right? You, it'll look bad for us as a whole, just it, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? That's true. I mean, it would. Well, let me ask you because you seem to be a man of much high, high moral character when it comes to 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 another man in your mm-hmm. face and addressing you. I mean, if if a man is smacking you and you're on a stage. I'm sure you're going to do something. Well, that's the thing about it. As soon as he stood up to get up from his chair, I'd have been ready. I wouldn't have had my hands behind my back. I'm right-handed, but I can't hit with the left. So I would have already decided which way I'm, which hand I'm going to hold the mic with one hand and, and, and crack him with the other one if it comes to that. 
So uh, he just clearly, I believe, didn't think he would do that. So I get a lot of people saying, man, he just had his hands behind his back like he like it was staged or something. No, he had his hands behind his back because he didn't think that was going to happen. I, I do get that part. You know what I mean? And, and after it happened, you know, they like, well, he didn't fall or he didn't this and that. I said, listen, man, you, you didn't have Mike Tyson slapping you. You had, you know... <laughs> Will Smith slapped. So it, he wasn't going to fall all on the ground and flop all on the ground, you know. But uh, but um, Chris Rappos got down where he got mad at, man. He and I don't think nobody would have got mad at him. I mean, he could have even said something like, you was a bitch for that, Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he didn't even say nothing. He was yeah. like, this is the craziest night on television history. I mean, but when you dance, you know, for the for the, for the the Academy, you know, which, which some of them dudes, you know, they know who to... Let me just don't bullshit. They know who the hire the, the big hand in that situation is. They know where their career at is where it is. Just like um, Samuel Jackson won his first Oscar, his first Academy Award. You didn't hear about it because of the slap, but they also didn't even show it. They they did it on a commercial and didn't even show it in the in the in the, in the, on TV. You know what I mean? So when it comes to the Academy Awards, you already know blacks has been lagging in that category for years. You know what I mean? So Chris Rock knows this. He wanted to be host so bad he was willing to take a slap, take the higher road in order to stay in the position that he in. That's just my take on it. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'm sure you've seen the memes that said, here's a list of uh, comedians I bet he wouldn't have slapped. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Will Smith also took it upon himself to know what who he who he was dealing with and what he was dealing with. Because he wouldn't have slapped Dave Chappelle. He wouldn't have slapped a whole lot of other ones. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. I, I was a little surprised that the, the whole audience – after Will Smith did win the Oscar for playing um, Richard, King Richard, Serena and Venus's father, he won the Oscar for that movie for Best Actor. He got a, a applause. He got an ovation when he went to the stage after he gave his very emotional, um, I guess, his emotional... Bush your seat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was going to say... I don't believe anything in that speech. Right. That was just his way of trying to cover his him hitting him hitting Chris Rock on on live television. But I was just surprised of how much support that he was receiving when really we should be going in on you. Like why you you lost it. You are that so emotionally unhinged right. that you smacked the dude on live television. No doubt, and like you say, you also slapped your folks. You know what I mean? Because if you went up there and slapped uh, a, a white boy, you know what I mean? The, the the he wouldn't have got no applause after that. No I doubt. You. No doubt. Not to mention, you know, I, he Chris Rock kept it Brooklyn when he didn't tell though. When he said, "I don't want to press tar- yeah. charges," he did do that. <laughs> but um, but um, I don't know, man. That just was some crazy shit right there. I was wondering if law law enforcement doesn't even need Chris Rock to press charges because. They have the evidence. Right. I heard they was looking into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in these certain cases, he could get a letter a week from now, say, come down, we're going to file charges against you, you know, the, the county uh, police department or whatever, and uh, it, it's still possible. Um, the, the conviction part may be different. You know, he might get one of them deals like, um, who was that that just got the deal last week where they dismissed the case after you did the fine in the community services, not on your record, you know. So he can get something like that, but I don't think they're going to go hard. Now, I'm wondering to see how the Academy takes it because you have people like Jim Carrey. You have, you just see Jim Carrey on Gale? 
No. You know Gail King. Yeah. She's interviewing Jim Carrey about it. You know, and I had an issue with that. Go talk to your folks. Get your folks' opinion. You know what I mean? You want to run to the white boy and ask him what his opinion is. <laughs> and he's sitting there, you know, I was disgusted. And you know what I mean? But I bet if it was one of his homies, he wouldn't have been as disgusted. He would have did the same thing Denzel and them did. Comfort they boy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and I'm not saying he right or wrong. I'm not I'm not taking sides on this. I'm just saying, um, um, you know, Gail gonna run and get the get the white boy to do the interview, you know, and, and when she could have talked to we got higher up. She could have asked Denzel about it, or she could have asked, you know, some of our people about it, you know, but at the same time, you know, you know how this shit go. Yeah, I did hear that Jim Carrey, um, uh, he he he's anti uh, Will Smith now. Yeah, no doubt. And and and, and it's following, even though Will still has some some support, um, I mean, I, I believe you should, people shouldn't ha- not have support for 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 Chris Rock, though. You know, what I mean, he didn't he didn't he didn't fight back. I mean, that's not a I that's, mean that's a street thing. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So you yeah. know, I, I don't look at him really no different. I mean, of course, I mean, crack the jokes like, dude, you you didn't spit on the dude or nothing. I mean, you didn't do nothing, but not that I'm in the spitting on nobody, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I was a little surprised of the lack of response by Chris Rock. Um, you know, initially I thought it was a punch. I didn't know it was a slap. Because you couldn't see how it, from, from the angle, the, I only saw it from one angle. Right. So I thought he punched him initially. And I was initially, I was saying, man, Will don't hit that hard. Well, you know, for me, I think a slap is more disrespectful than a punch. Mm. A man slapping you? Yeah. Man, that's that's some disrespectful shit right there. I mean, that's almost like spitting on me. I mean, them two things that, as a man, don't spit on me, don't slap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you whoop my ass, you just whoop my ass, but don't slap me. I mean, God damn, that's... You know, I feel like the slap though from Will Smith is is a way of saying I, I want to hit you, but I don't want to hit you that hard. Um, I've just got mixed emotion, not mixed emotion, but I got just mixed um opinions on it, just based on you laughed, bro. You know what I mean? You laughed. I just believe you could have said from what you said down there, keep my wife's name out your mouth. You could have said that the same two times you said it as aggressively as you said it, mm-hmm. and the picture would have got. I think the picture would have got through. You know, I think it's going to hurt Will. I mean, he got hundreds of million dollars. I mean, it's not going to hurt his pockets. But I believe at some point, you know, um, it's going to be some backlash for him. Well, my question is, like, what type of influence does Jada Pinkett have over Will for for him to go from laughing at the joke mm-hmm. to all of a sudden I'm about to go up here and smack the dude who did the joke. Right, no doubt. I thought of that too, but I also <laughs> saw that after he smacked him for a second, Chris Rock kind of looked up in the air like he was contemplating. And I'm I'm a, I, it just almost I'm assuming that it seemed like he was contemplating, do you know what I could say right now? You know what I mean? You know, I could annihilate you, you know, verbally right now, you know, and chose not to, but I'm just saying it just for a minute he stopped and looked and he almost was like you know, I'm I'm a take the high road. You know what I mean? But he could have laid it on his ass. I mean, he could have went there with the August Alcina jokes. Oh, no doubt, because uh, they everywhere right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, it's making Will look. You know, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Me and my wife got into a little discussion about it last night. That wasn't. Um, I mean, it was a you know a heated discussion a little bit. You know what <laughs> I mean? You know, because her brother felt one way, and. Um, you know, and she didn't agree with what 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 he was saying. You know, and I'm like, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, and um, but uh, it, it was clear that uh, to me, um, you know, people want to say that he was defending his wife, and he, dude, if you was defending your wife, you would have been offended when he said it. 
and and then I would I would accepted it, you know. But once you laugh and then look at her, then you know she give you the look and you go run over here and do that. That was that was kind of some sucker shit to me. Yeah, I think that was um, that was basically beta male behavior. That uh, Jada is in control. Jada sick will on. Chris. No doubt. <laughs> Jada influenced that. And most of us aren't even having a conversation about Jada. It's all about Will and Chris. Will right, and Chris. right, right. Well, like I say, I, sh- I, I to me, like I say, that was the point for me. When you do, you laughed, looked at her, and then you decided that it should be something different. That was some sucker shit, man. You should have felt how you felt from the beginning, you know. Well, I didn't, I didn't think the joke was that funny. Um, G.I. G.I. When are you gonna do G.I. Jane Part Two because of the bald head? Yeah, you remember uh, who was that? Jane Fonda? No, that was Demi, uh, Demi, Demi Moore. Moore. Demi Moore. That was Demi Moore, and uh, and uh, I mean, it, it was a it wasn't a bad. J- I mean, it wasn't a horrible joke. I mean, you know what I mean. As far as I mean, wasn't lowballed. It was just a <laughs> joke, you know. But yeah, I, I thought I, for a minute I, I didn't even get it. I was like, wait, G.I. Jane? Okay. Yeah, I, I remember G.I. Jane. I'll be into them old army movies and shit. I mean, the movie was like almost twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it. I just do remember it though. But yeah. So f- let's um, final thoughts on the whole Chris Rock and Will Smith, and we, we, we're calling this the Chris Rock and Will Smith thing, but it's really Chris Rock, Chris Rock, Will Smith, Jada. Right. Can't leave that out. Jada pretty much, in my opinion, she controlled the whole thing. Well, you know, it's a lot of argument going around town right now as we speak about the situation because I think females are looking at it like Will was supposed to do what Jada asked him to do or how she felt at the at the time, you know, um, because if J- Jada would have laughed at the joke or wouldn't have gave Will that look, then it wouldn't have been a problem with Will. You know, that's the whole thing about it. You know, if if I'm somewhere with my wife, somebody says something to her that's 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 I feel is offensive, you know, I'm gonna know how I feel immediately, you know. Yeah. And um and um, You don't need the look. I don't need the look. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, um and the look not gonna make me just go get up and basically assault a man, you know, you know, on stage at the Academy Awards, you know, I believe he should have caught him backstage, you know, and handled it back there. That's just what you know, look, you're going to take your ass back out there, you're going to apologize to my wife, or I'm going to beat your ass and let him come back out um, and uh, apologize. i actually seen that situation happen before. I think Jada's look was basic. I'm going to translate her look. Her look was, this dude did a joke about me in 2016 and I didn't like it, mm-hmm. and I don't like this joke in 2022, Will. What are you going to do? Well, um, shit. Because if you remember, Chris Rock said yeah, something about, he said something about it. She, she was boycotting the Oscars right, because right, it was so right, white. Right. And Chris Rock was like, wait up. You ain't even invited to the Oscars. Right, right. You right, ain't even right, a part right. of the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess she didn't like that joke in 2016. And uh, I think that was the look that she gave Will. Like, mm-hmm. this, this is the second time this guy's going in on me. No doubt. What are you going to do, Will? No doubt. Well, I remember one time we was at a war show, right? And we got floor seats, and me and Lip Dog, we sitting on this side, Buntry and Suge sitting on this side. And at the intermission, the 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 host, the MC, he cracked a joke about about Lip Dog uh, dress apparel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Lip Dog went backstage, got on that ass, dude came back out. You know, I want to apologize to Mister Lip Dog. Damn. <laughs> In front of Magic Johnson, everybody was here. You know what I mean? Live to play that shit, dude. You ain't go, you know. Uh, <laughs> I never forget that. That was some funny shit. Hey, but when you go to a comedy club and you sitting in the front row, you have to know what you're signing up for. 
Well, you know, my right. wife tried to tell my son like that last night because I was like, you know, it was just a joke. And my wife told that my son, she say, uh, you talking that shit about it was just a joke, but what about that time when D-Ray uh, cracked that joke on you, you met him in the bathroom and shit? <laughs> you, know, hey, you know, them jokes, be, you know, they get to you, you know, you got to stay out that front row, man, you know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, D-Ray cracked the old joke on me. I, I was on his ass, but that's my boy and shit. Now, I don't think that we should be offended when comedians crack jokes on us because that's what they do. No, that's right. <laughs> that's what they do. I mean, I've I've heard comedians say some of the craziest things to people in the front, and that's just what it is. And um, now we're gonna start attacking comedians because now we're gonna comedians gonna feel, you know, hesitant now to to tell certain jokes when they're on stage. Nah, that ain't how it is though. It's still, it's still, it's still. At this point in my life, you know what I mean. I wasn't a jokester. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't a bagger. I wasn't one of the dudes in the hood to be bagging and talking shit. That wasn't my, my get down. You know what I mean? I frequent this spot all the time, or some of these people frequent this spot all the time. You know, and uh, everybody don't play that shit. You know what I mean? Just to be honest, now, I know you come to a comedy club. Don't sit your ass in the front, though. That, that You know, I did learn that. You don't sit your ass in the front. Sit your ass somewhere else, you know what I mean? And don't be with the ugly girl either. Yeah, none of that. You can't, <laughs> you can't do none of that, you know what I mean? But don't get me wrong. Like you said, I do believe he have, you know, comedians have all the right in the world. But, you know, sometimes, you know, in, in, in what you're going through or who the person is, a comedian should be able to gauge a person as well, you know, and be like, this may, you know... I don't see a big smile on. Him. I don't see it in his eyes that he, you know what I mean. This dude look like he probably just came from the hood or putting some work in. He just coming to have a drink and get out of the the city. You know what I mean? They got to be responsible too. You know, because <laughs> a lot of times you go, that's what you're doing. You know, getting away from you know reality. So, so you saying that they got to know? They got to they got to sense. Who could take a joke and who might not be able to take a joke? No, what I'm saying is, in in life, period, we should always check the temperature, mm -hmm. and I think we really do. You know, that's how some of us make it, because you can see some shit finna happen, like like you in the bank. You gonna look at some suspicious shit. Everybody, somebody might be in there too to do cash and they check or doing You gonna see some suspicious shit, like, you know what I mean? Just because you're aware of and you're paying attention to certain shit, you know what I mean? If a guy walk in the bank with some Nike Cortez, some khakis and a white t-shirt on, you gonna double look at him. That's just human nature, you yeah. know what I mean? That's just how it is. So, not saying judge nobody, but sometimes, you know, taking into consideration, you know. Well, you think that uh, Chris Rock and, and Will Smith, they're going to end up uh, kumbayaing at some point real soon? I do, but I don't think it's going to be because of they uh, really want to like that. I think they're going to do it based on the, some public shit. I think Will may slide, do something under the table and say, homie, this don't make it right, but you know, we going to do this the white way. We ain't going to do this the right way. We going to do this the white way. You know what I mean? Because they both getting a lot of money out of Hollywood. You know what I mean? And they do rely on these other factors as far as the people behind the scenes that's making shit happen. So they probably telling Will, Will, the best way you going to do is, hey, bam, get with Chris Rock. Give a damn if you go sit at the red table with him, maybe apologize or say something. Or, or have a light, small argument with no, you know, no violence or nothing like that. But at the end of the day, Making up, you know, for the for the greater good of this 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 whole Hollywood thing. You know, when he gave his acceptance speech for winning the Oscar, he apologized, but not to Chris. No doubt, he apologized to the Academy, mm -hmm. and he apologized to the other nominees. So he he even after some time had passed, mm -hmm. uh, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, forty five minutes. 
he was still upset with Chris. He didn't say, you know, I want to apologize to Chris Rock. I shouldn't have did that. Well, this is the thing about it. Chris Rock was a repeat offender. You know, you got priors for talking shit about my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I do take that into consideration. But they were just regular jokes. They yeah. weren't They weren't over-the-top jokes. Go tell some jokes about these other people, though. You know what I mean? Get off my wife. You know what I mean? Get off my situation. Don't bring... Even though before he made that joke, he was talking to a white couple saying... Because I think the husband and wife were nominated uh, for Academy, both of them. Yeah. So they were saying, that's not going to go over if, if he win. You know what I mean? You're going to have hard times at home. So y'all probably would hope we'll win. So he was he was talking and doing that, but at the same time, you got priors for talking shit about Jada. We'll say, I'm going to put a stop to this shit today, you know. Well, the, I mean, the previous joke was 2016. How many years ago was that? Was that that's six years ago he told that joke. Yeah, but that's our, that's our wives, and you're not going to forget about a joke somebody told about your wife 15 years ago. You're going to remember that shit, and when they do it again, you're going to say, hold on. This is the second, third time this dude done said something about my wife. You know what I mean? Would you be personally offended by those jokes of uh, of, to, of of your wife? Well, this is the thing about it. Um, I would. He told some jokes about his wife before. So my wife would have said something about the last jokes that she told. I would have knew exactly how she t- felt about Chris Watts. This is your spouse. She know how you feel about everybody. You know what I mean? So... If she would have been saying, like, yeah, Chris Rock cracking these lame-ass jokes about me, I would have knew she felt some kind of way. Me and Chris Rock is cool like we years. They got pictures together. They probably didn't hang out together. Probably didn't been on tours together, vacation together. Hey, Alex, lay off the jokes on, on, on Jada, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. So I, I believe that's that. it could have went that way. You know what I mean? You should have known before this if my wife felt some kind of way about these jokes or not. I would have asked you to don't do it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with the jokes. Um, tell as many jokes as you want about my wife. Um, regular jokes, I'm cool with them. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I don't think they're offend, offensive jokes. I, I got you, but I don't want nobody telling jokes about my wife um, in that kind of platform. You know what I mean? Me, don't get up around all these white folks and shit and don't want to go around talking. You know, now we at the comedy club, we at the the uh, House of Blues, you know, we at the, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> Laugh Factory or something, sure, all day long. But don't get up here in the Academy and war in front of all these <laughs> white folks and try to demean a black queen. That's how I that, that's how I look at it in a totality. You know, a lot of black women are supporting Will because they feel like this is what men are supposed to do, protect our black women, protect our black queens. But I, I, didn't, I didn't see it as anything to be protected of, protected from. No, no doubt. You know, Will was protected from whatever Will Jada was gonna do to Will last when they got <laughs> home. That's what he was protecting. They, you know, they see black women gonna look at it like that. You know what I mean? And and it's nothing wrong for them to have their opinion and look at it like that in that aspect. Like I say, the problem that I had, the only two things I had a problem with was she gave him that look before he did something, mm-hmm. and Chris Rock didn't swing back. Also, Will laughed. Yeah, that's yeah, no doubt, and he everybody saw that, that joke. So it made your it made your little acceptance speech. You know, everybody should have been like, "That's some bullshit." I think he should have got an Oscar for that speech because <laughs> he 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 cried a little too, a little bit too, little much. too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, man. Let's uh, let's close this episode seven of Streets and Scholars out, man. Um, now, yeah. real fast, not to cut you off, but before you go, do you think he'll be facing any charges? Uh, I think that he might get hit with a misdemeanor assault charge and and have to do some sort of community service, nothing serious, yeah. without Chris Rock even um, having to pursue anything. Right, right. Because you can't, I, I, the LAPD 
can't just let nothing happen. Right. And of course, George Gascon will probably just give him the minimum, minimum, minimum. <laughs> right, right, right. Like 10 hours of 10 community hours service. service. Just show up at a city show, event. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, we will drop the misdemeanor charges. Right, right. Yeah, but something, something most likely will happen, but... Um, I'm glad Chris Rock ain't pursuing nothing. It ain't really nothing worth pursuing. But hey, like you said, it's getting slapped in the face, man. Is is nothing nice? No doubt. Did you hear Chris Rock a uh, little concert? You know he's doing a world tour right now. Nah. Yeah, he's doing a 2022 world tour right now, and I know his tickets are probably gonna yeah, be they sold say, out, they, right? They say uh, they selling like hotcakes. Okay, so and I know next month he's going to be out there in uh, Coachella somewhere, so. She's gonna benefit from this. Out. Yeah, yeah, but at the end of the day, I want to see if he telling the jokes at that. Uh, oh man, he's or what his response is at the, you know, at his stand up. Yeah, he's gonna have some incredible jokes, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I like him his stand up better than what he does for the Oscars. I think his Oscar jokes are kind of whitewashed. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Whitewashed oh, Oscar no jokes. Doubt, no doubt. I don't know why. Why even have Kevin Hart and Chris Rock hosted when you make them tell whitewashed jokes? Right, right. No doubt, no doubt. But um, when he's doing his own thing. Um, he 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 gets down. All right, man. It's episode seven. It's a wrap. Streets and scholars, check us out. FG General One on Instagram. FG Unleashed on YouTube. Check me out at Alex Alonso One Zero One on all social media platforms. And if you're listening listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, leave a comment. Leave a um, leave a rating. I appreciate that. It'll help us out. And I will address any questions that you have in those ratings. And if you're on Spotify or any other platforms, follow us. Follow Streets and Scholars. Episode 7 is done. And we are here every Thursday. And thanks for checking out, checking us out.